It's time to set the table. You know, the table is one of the unique things about us as humans. No other creature on earth eats at a table. There's something special about what happens when people gather in that moment to be together at the table. In fact, all throughout the scripture, the table plays an important role. Old and New Testament alike, God meets people at the table. Jesus himself called many people to the table to come and hear, to come and see, to come and be changed, to come and experience something. And it's time to set the table. This year in 2024, I believe God wants to do something in us like never before because the table is a place of blessing. And I'm praying that this will be something that will help open up our eyes, open up our hearts, open up our spirits to all that God wants for us in this year. The table is a place of blessing and it's time to set the table. God wants to call you to the table, but he also has people that he wants you to call to the table. And I don't know about you, but the table is sort of like what they call a thin place. It's where heaven seems closer to earth. Have you ever been at a table with somebody and you just, something happened in you, something was increased in you, a blessing took place, uh, insight took place, uh, encouragement took place. There's something about the table that God created that we see all throughout scripture. Have you ever had a moment like that? Sometime you sat down and just something strengthened you. I just had one of those moments recently because um, I went back east for Christmas to be with my mom and dad. My 92-year-old dad and my 95-year-old mom and Diane and I, we would sit around the table and we had wonderful times of fellowship. And the thing that happens when you look at the table is in my household, it inevitably comes to a place of talking about prayer. My mom and dad are both incredible prayer warriors. I woke up every morning to the sound of them on either side of my bed praying for me. That's just their calling, that's who they are. And even still today, every night, they pray. They pray for all of us, they pray for the foremans, they pray for pastors, they pray for missionaries. There's 120 names they go through every night in prayer. And one of my favorite stories that my mom told when I was there was this. It's a story about her mom, who was also an intercessor. And what happened is she was just a tiny little lady, 4'8", never weighed more than 80, except when she was pregnant with the 12, 15 kids she bore. Um, 12 lived, but she, had, she raised 12 kids out of the 15. And uh, even though she was a tiny little thing, one of the things that she did often is after she fixed breakfast for whoever was in the house, which could be upwards of 30 people, we're talking a small little house in West Virginia. Um, we didn't get an indoor bathroom until I was in eighth grade. Uh, so my grandpa and I spent a lot of time walking up to this double seater up on the hillside. Uh, <laughs> advice, bring a, bring a flashlight to just make sure there's no snakes. You just want to make sure there's no snakes. But my grandmother was an intercessor. And what she would do is she would fix breakfast and then she'd go into the kitchen. I'm out of the kitchen, into the bedroom, close the door. And even though the door is closed, this tiny little house, you could hear her calling out one by one. Oh, God, touch Johnny, encourage Johnny, strengthen Johnny. She, she would go through her 12 kids, their 12 spouses, the dozens of us who were, well, hundreds of us who were cousins, she would call out and pray. And when she'd finished, she'd get up, go and make lunch 
for everybody who was in the house. And when she finished cleaning up from lunch, she went back to her bedroom and she called out all of our names. And then she would go fix dinner. And after dinner, she go, she believed like Daniel prayed three times a day. She was supposed to do that. She prayed for years for every one of us. And in this small coal mining town of West Virginia where they worked and lived, um, you know, church wasn't super inviting in those days. Even though my grandma and my, and my grandpa were great believers, out of the 12 kids, six followed Jesus with all their heart, like my mom. Six of them didn't want anything to do with church. And when my grandmother was on her deathbed at 91, she called all the family together, and she said, I wanna tell you something. You've heard me. You know, I've prayed for you three times a day for as long as you've been in my family. And I just want you to know, just because I'm about to die, doesn't mean the power of those prayers ends. It's gonna continue. And so I might be gone, but the power of those prayers and the power of what God wants to do continues. She passed away, we had a powerful celebration. Let's go 20 years later. The oldest boy, Johnny, was then 90. And Johnny was one of the six who didn't want anything to do with the church. And he had lived his life, been successful, and done everything he wanted, but didn't want anything to do with church. What happened was, the next door neighbor boy who was a high schooler had cut his grass for four years. And that high schooler came over one day, knocked on the door and said, Mr. Cook, I, um, I'd like to invite you to church. My church wants me to invite somebody this Sunday to come, and I wanna invite you. And Johnny's like, oh gosh. <laughs> but he's like, this guy's cut my grass for years. What hurt can it do? And so he went to church that Palm Sunday and sat through the worship, sat through the sermon, and then the pastor gave an altar call for people who wanted to come to Jesus. Later on that day, when he talked to my mom and some of his other brothers and sisters, he said, all I could hear was the sound of my mom calling out my name. And in that moment, he came forward to receive Jesus as his savior. And what a wonderful day it was for Johnny. The next Sunday, Easter Sunday, he got baptized in water in front of everybody. And it was just a great, glorious day and everyone was so excited. And the next week, Johnny went home to be with the Lord. I'm telling you that because when I sit around the table with my mom and dad and they start to tell stories like that, stories of hundreds of answered prayers, it builds my faith. In fact, the only reason I share that story today, not only so it encouraged me, but some of you are praying for people and they haven't responded yet, don't give up. Keep praying, keep standing in the gap, keep believing for what God wants to do. You know, when I sit around the table with my mom and dad and we have those moments, they're so powerful. And God designed the table to be a place for us to do several things. If you look in Deuteronomy chapter six, here's what Moses says to the children of Israel. He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. Take to heart these words that I give you today. Repeat them to your children and talk about them when you sit at home. He's basically saying, hey, when you get around the table, when you sit down with your family, it's an important time to pass on what I've done. Share who I am, share what I've done, share my purposes, pass on something. The table is a place to let that life, that faith be passed on to others. It's only a table 
until we gather around it. It's time to set the table. There's another story in the Bible. When the children of Israel were in the wilderness, God said to Moses, I want to build a place where I can meet with my people and they can meet with me. And so he had them build a tabernacle. And in this tabernacle is all kinds of furniture. And one of the pieces of the tabernacle furniture in the holy place, we read about in Exodus chapter 25. And here's what it says. It says, make a table of acacia wood, overlay it with pure gold, put the bread of the presence on this table, to be before me at all times. So here's what the Lord said. I want to have a table of meeting. It's called a table of presence, a place where my presence can be known to my people. And he said, I want you to put the loaves of bread there as a reminder that for 40 years in the wilderness, I provided manna. I provided everything you needed every single day because the table does two things. It's, it's a table to encounter God's presence, it's a table to recognize he's going to take care of you. In fact, there's two strong truths that come from that table. The first one is this. God says, I am with you. Say that with me. I am with you. One more time. I am with you. And the second part of the table is this. I will always provide for you. That's what he says. The table reminds us he's with us. He's providing for us. Well, the table just isn't an Old Testament issue. Jesus himself went to lots of dinner parties. He hung out with all kinds of people and around the table is where he did some of his best work. In fact, the last place he chose to be with his disciples before he left this, the, the, uh, to be crucified was the Last Supper. It's so significant that the Apostle John Finn spends five whole chapters, 155 verses, talking about that table. John 13, verse two, gives us a glimpse, and here's what it says. The evening meal was in progress. Jesus said, I've set an example that you should do as I have done for you. Now that you know these things, you'll be blessed if you do them. You see, Jesus called the people of God, his disciples around the table to do two things. I'm with you, I'm gonna take care of you. I'm gonna give you the wisdom you need. I'm gonna give you the insight you need. I'm gonna give you the lessons you need. I'm gonna give you what you need to work through that. So it's only a table until Jesus shows up. It's time to set the table. Well, in the New Testament church, the table was also the centerpiece of their life. In Acts chapter two, we read these words when it says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. One of the key ministries of the early church was waiting on tables. It was there that they fellowshiped, they strengthened each other, they encouraged each other, they passed on life to each other. The table was a significant part of the early church life. All throughout Scripture is the same thing. Face to face, I encounter you, we encounter God's presence, God passes something on. It's only a table until the people of God show up. It's time to set the table. Let me go to one more table. This is the table that all of us will one day sit at. It's a table that not only do we look forward to, but Jesus himself looked forward to it. In Matthew 26, when he was talking to the disciples, he says, look, I tell you, I will not drink again of this fruit of the vine until the day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. Here's what he's saying is, one day we're gonna sit at a table. One day we're all gonna be gathered. 
We get a better glimpse of it in Revelation 19 when it says, praise the Lord, or hallelujah, some translations say, for the Lord our God, the Almighty reigns. Let us be glad and rejoice and honor him for the time has come for the wedding banquet of the Lamb. We're gonna sit at a table one day, a table with no pain, a table with no death, a table with no sorrow, a table with no sin. One day we're gonna sit at a table. God's strategy throughout history is that there be a table for us to gather at, to encounter presence and to pass it on. So let's look at these two dimensions. First of all is a table of presence. There's something about face-to-face -face encounter. There's something about sitting down with someone and eating, not just for the sake of stuffing food in our mouth, but there's something that happens. Ever had one of those nice long meals where it wasn't so much about the food, it might've been really good, it might've been a family favorite, but it was about what happened, what was exchanged in those kinds of moments. So the table of presence has two dimensions. One is Jesus says in Matthew chapter 28, 28, I am with you always. That's his promise. I am with you always. In fact, if you wanna look at any story in the Bible, let me tell you a secret. There's one key to every single Bible story and it's this. It wasn't Abraham's good decisions. It wasn't David's great choices. It wasn't Mary's character or Esther's availability. There's always one answer to every Bible story. Why was Joseph successful? Why was Abraham having favor? Why did God choose Mary? It says, the Lord was with them. You read every one of those stories. The Lord was with Joseph. The Lord was with Abraham. The angel said to Mary, I am with, the Lord is with you. The key is this. The table is a table of presence where God's withness increases something in us. But not only do we meet there with the Lord, it says in John 20, Jesus is speaking to his disciples and he says this, peace be with you as the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. Here's what I believe God's desire is, that we would set a table where we could gather with others, where God could show up and God could speak and God could work and God could do great things. It's a table of presence. It's only a table until the people of God gather. I'm gonna invite my friend Armin Chavez to join me here in the front. Let's welcome Armin as he comes up. Uh, it's so good to see you, my friend. Blessings on you. So, Armin, what's the Lord doing in you right now? In this new season of life, uh, the Lord is molding me into the man he's called, me to, uh, he's called me to be in my family, my ministry, my church, and my workplace. Wow, that's pretty powerful. Yes, it is. <laughs> and thanks for being obedient to that. So, Armin, tell us how you came to the Lord. So, it was a little over two years ago. I was 21 years old, uh, freshly 21, and uh, I was at a real low point in my life. Um, I was hustling in the streets of San Jose. I was suffering from a bad uh, marijuana addiction. And I was just doing terrible, doing the wrong things, running with the wrong people. And uh, it was around that time when I had to put my dog down. And man, he, he, he was my best friend. Uh, I had him since I was a little boy. I remember on the car ride to the vet, I was holding him in my arms and just thinking that my life was just gonna get worse from here on out. 
And in that moment, he had been put down. I had so much pain in my heart. But at the same moment, I had so much joy because Jesus entered my heart in that moment. And I had the Holy Spirit. Wow, praise God. So I know there's been people who've spoken into your life. Uh, tell us about, I know you, you, you were watching sermons online at that point. Yes, sir. Uh, I was a little shy to come to cathedral. I wanted to, but I was real shy. So uh, I was watching the sermons online and they were all very great. And then uh, I came across Pastor John's sermon and uh, I remember as I was watching it, he was sharing his testimony and I bursted into tears because I seen how much, I seen that as he was sharing what he has been through, I was able to relate to so much of it. And then to see where he was at on that day that that was not his life no more. And, Man, I wanted the same thing. I remember I prayed to God, Lord, if you're willing, use me in the same way. Use me just as you, you, you use Pastor John for your glory. Wow. Amen. So since then, talk to me about the input God's put into your life through people at the table with you. Oh, it's been fantastic, Dr. Wayne. Oh, you know, uh, um, so nine months ago, uh, the Lord, by his grace, he's brought me to Northern California Bible College. Yes, sir. <laughs> and uh, it's, it's been a great impact. Every class is different, but, in the same, but at the same time, it's all the same because it's more than just a class. It's, we're a family. The connections I made, those memories, those moments that I've made, the way that the Lord's children has ministered to me has impacted me in such a great way. And they'll be in my heart as relux forever. Now, you've also sat at the table with other people talking about how that's working with young adults. Oh, yeah, with young adults. Yeah, it's, it's been great. Uh, I love young adults. When I first went to young adults, I was real shy. And uh, I noticed I was, only the cholo, I was the only cholo there. But <laughs> over time, man, I love every, every one of them. I mean, we're like a family. I mean, it's great to get there, get together every Monday night and during our outings because... They've all ministered to me in a special way. Cool. I want to encourage you, if you're between the ages of 18 and 30, there's a great community of young adults that meets here at Cathedral every Monday night at 6.30. They have dinner together around the table. They fellowship. They encourage each other. They have great teaching. And Armin's just one of the many of the next generation that God's raising up in that group. And I'm just, I just appreciate what God's doing and your willingness to participate with him uh, even if you were the only one at first. It's, it's growing, huh? So what would you say to someone out there today who's experiencing loneliness? To someone that's feeling loneliness, I just want to let you know that Jesus is patiently waiting for you to seek him, just to call his name, because he wants to let you know through his Holy Spirit that you're never alone. Amen, amen. Thanks, Armin, for being here today. It's a table of presence. It's a table to be present with others. God's presence shows up in the midst of the conversation, in the midst of what seemed like everyday life for the children of Israel or an everyday life in the life of the disciples of the early church. The table was a place where God's presence was manifest and God began to do great things. So there's that ongoing presence of God, but the second thing about this table is that it's a table to pass it on. Say that with me, a table to pass it on. 
God created the table as a place where we transfer something. God says, I've got what you need, let me give it to you. And he likes to do that through others. I don't know if you've ever been in a moment like that where God just sent the right person. I, I can tell you hundreds of stories of moments at a table when God sent the right person at the right time to say the right thing. One of my mentors for the past 38 years is Dr. Bob Roden. Dr. Roden cared for me when I was pastoring in Virginia for those 22 years. He was just a man who spoke life and wisdom into me. And when God started to speak to my heart and Pastor Ken extended an invitation for me to come here to Cathedral, I, I sat down at the table with, with Pastor Bob and I'm like, I, I'm trying to figure out, I love my church, I love Virginia, I, I love what God's done 22 years. I could stay here forever. But it's like I feel this tugging in my heart. I feel this pulling in my spirit that we're supposed to go. He prayed. He shared with me his wisdom through the years of how to make decisions and how to follow God and what to do. And during the course of that time, my spirit was just built up. And we prayed. And as soon as we finished praying, something in my heart said, you're supposed to go to San Jose. You're supposed to go to Cathedral of Faith. And it was really interesting because the next day Bob called me and he said, hey, Wayne, there's a passage in First Chronicles God told me when I was praying for you today. And it says this. It's the same words that King David heard from his mentor, Nathan the prophet. And it says this. Whatever you have in mind, do it for God is with you. It was just sort of the peace that happened from sitting across the table where he passed on his wisdom, passed on something. So the table has two dimensions. It's a place of God's presence where we're present with others. It's a place where God wants to pass something on by passing on through us. You might think, I don't have a whole lot to offer. You have your story of what Jesus has done in you. That's all you have to do. You don't have to be perfect. Remember the secret isn't that they were all good guys and good gals and did everything right. The secret was God was with them. And as a result, they were willing to pass on what God had passed on to them. In fact, this whole concept of passing on, it's so centered in Jesus. In Philippians 4, Paul puts it this way. He says, my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. God wants us to know, look, Jesus has everything you need. He's going to take care of you. He took care of you for 40 years in the wilderness. He's taken care of you in the past. He's going to continue to take care of you. The table is a place to recognize that, but it's also a place for us to pass on. In Hebrews chapter 12, it's put this way. Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, but encouraging each other. You see, the takeaway of the whole New Testament is this. Admonish one another. Be kind to one another. Be devoted to one another. Build up one another. Comfort one another. Encourage one another. Strengthen one another. Pray for one another. Love one another. If you want to get the takeaway of the New Testament, it's that. And it happens in this place of witness. Being together. Being at the table. Connecting for the glory of God. I'm going to invite my friend Aurora to come and join me here on the platform. And actually, there's something that I get to say that I've never been able to say before. It's great to have my friend, Pastor Aurora Corpuz, here with us today. So between services, we had a special ordination service where we laid hands on Aurora and separated her to God's purpose of ministry. In, in the end, we don't make anybody a pastor. 
God does that. But what we do is we recognize she's been faithful to study the Word. She's been to Bible college. She went to Scotland to study her ministry gifts. She's not only been faithful to study, but to serve and to come alongside and to be a blessing. And as a result of that, we just say, hey, God, we see what you're doing. And so uh, do, do we have that title up there anywhere that we can throw up in the bottom third? We want to put it up there for the first time. Uh, they're looking for it. Here we go. Past, there we go. So, somebody get a picture of this. Wait, keep it up there. Keep it up there till Ramel can get a picture. This is the first time it's written up there. Pastor Aurora Corpus. It's so great. Amen. Well, Aurora, tell us, what's the Lord doing in you right now? God is teaching me to Holy Spirit how to seek his kingdom first and his righteousness and to not be so quick with my time with him, to linger longer till my spiritual senses fully awaken and the communication between God and I happens. Amen. And that's what happens at the table. There's a difference between uh, fast food, where you sit down, gobble it up and get away, and the whole point was just to eat. But there's a greater point to time at the table and time with him. And when you take the time to linger, God can work. So tell us how you came to the Lord. Well, I was 13 years old. A friend of mine invited me to, uh, to watch the End Times movie. And yes, at the end of the movie, yes, I want Jesus. I don't want to be left behind. Uh, following day, I went to church that Sunday. I got baptized by the Holy Spirit, and, and that is my journey. Yeah. So there have been key people God's brought into your life during this time. Yes. Tell us a little bit about that. You know, one of my very, very difficult seasons of my life, uh, God sent me a friend whom I did not know I, I'm going to need, Connie Collins, uh, accepting her friendship. We will meet at her house at the table, just like this. We will sit together. She'll open the book, and she, the book of the Bible, and she taught me how to look at the Word of God as a prayer book. She literally opened the book, uh, the Bible, show up a scripture, to put my name on the scripture, and to stand the promises of God for me. She taught me how to walk by faith, live by faith, and not by sight. And she taught me to trust the word, that the word of God is powerful, that it's active and it's alive. Amen, amen. There's a picture of Connie up here with her family. She was a significant part of Aurora's life, speaking life into her, encouraging, helping her practically as well as spiritually. And that's how it happens. Yes. At the table, somebody gives something. They pass, it's a table of presence. It's a table to pass it on. So what would you say to people out there who are feeling alone today? You know, feeling alone, uh, it makes you paralyzed to reach out to others, but it's also not good to isolate yourself. So I will say lean into Jesus, whispers, whisper his name or, or shout his name and say, Jesus, come. Jesus, come will awaken your spirit to remember that he said he will never leave you nor forsake you. He will meet you there and he will be the light of your darkness. And, do and Dr. Wayne, just like you said at table, you know, God is a very relational God, and he wants us to really fellowship and commune. So, so find a, a community of friends, that a people that will bring life to you by attending church regularly. I mean, volunteering in a ministry, because we are the love of Christ, so we can help and strengthen each other. Amen. Thank you so much, Pastor Aurora. <laughs> Thank you, dear. Oh, I love our church family, man. Thanks, Pastor. The call is this. 
How are you going to be present? How are you going to pass on this year? The word of the Lord for us this year is the year to pass it on. And that's how we do it, by setting the table. You know, there might be people you wish would come to church. Oh, I keep inviting them, they never come. You know what you probably ought to do? Invite them to your table first. Sit down with them. Look at them eye to eye. Let God work in you. You don't have to necessarily read scriptures and and go through Bible teaching, but just being present to pass on what God's done in you. In fact, 2 Timothy, we have this mandate that we read when Paul writes to Timothy, teach these truths to other trustworthy people who will be able to pass it on to others. That's really our responsibility, to pass on what's been passed to us so they can pass it on. And there never comes a moment when we're past that. You know, again, as Pastor Aurora said, you can do that in relationship, you can do it at the table, you can do it in children's ministry, you can do it in youth ministry, you can do it in reaching out, you can do it in a wide variety of places by passing on what God's done for you. Let me remind you of another table. It's a table that King David speaks about in Psalm 23 when he says this. He's saying to the Lord, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. In other words, When I'm at the table, he prepares the table in the presence of my enemies, in the presence of my insecurities, in the presence of my failures, in the presence of my mistakes, in the presence of my losses, in the presence of my struggles. He prepares a table. And this is a year in which God wants to set the table for us in a special way. Now, I'm going to get a little pastoral here for a minute. I want to address all of you watching online. And I just... I am so grateful for what we do every week to put our service in line. I mean, even those of us who are regular, we, we get to watch it from time to time. And for those of you watching, we're so glad you're with us. Uh, some of you we know can't get out, and we're so glad that God can minister to you through these kind of moments. Some of you are caring for other people, and you can't get out, and I'm so glad that God can speak to you through this. Some of you work on Sundays, and this is God's church for you to work through. And we're so glad to have you watching through the week, whether you're at your office or at home or wherever you are. Some of you moved away, and this is how we keep in touch with you. And I'm so grateful for online, but I do want to say something to our online watchers. Those are great reasons to watch, but some of you are hiding. You're watching the table instead of coming to the table. And I want to encourage you. I know We tend to want to isolate when we feel alone. We don't want to see anybody. But I want to encourage some of you, it might be time to come back to the table. There's something that happens here in God's presence together. I don't know you, but I get hungry for it. As soon as CJ started calling us to worship today, enter into his gates with thanksgiving. As soon as we begin to lift a hallelujah, as soon as we begin to declare the songs of the goodness of God and the holiness of who God is, there's something that strengthens us at the presence of this table of being with the Lord. It's his purposes for us. There's another table. In Luke 24, we read this. It says, after Jesus took a seat at the table, he took the bread, blessed it, broke it, and gave it to them. We're gonna go to the Lord's table, the Lord's communion table in this moment. And if you didn't receive elements when you came in, 
I encourage you to raise your hand so the ushers can get them for you. We're going to take a moment just to celebrate the table of the Lord. It's a table where he is present. You know, there was a story about Jesus. When he rose from the dead, the fishermen all went out fishing, and they fished and hadn't caught anything. And he calls from the shore and says, hey, cast the nets to the other side. And when they did, it was so full they couldn't pull it in. And then they realized it's Jesus. And they came into the shore. And here's what it says in John 21, 12. Jesus said to the disciples, come and die. And they knew it was the Lord. That's his invitation. Come and die. In this moment as we come to the table. There's an old school song written back in 1907 that I used to sing a lot as a kid when I was growing up in church. It went like this. Come and dine, the master's calling, come and dine. You may feast at Jesus' table all the time. He who fed the multitudes turned the water into wine. To the hungry he calls now, come and dine. And that's his call to you right now. I'm gonna invite you to stand with me for just a moment as we prepare our hearts to receive as we hold this bread, it's the body of Christ. And one of the things the scripture says during com communion is to understand or discern the body of Christ. And that's who we are. We are the body of Christ. So in this moment, we recognize I'm not alone. Say that with me. I am not alone. Let's say it one more time. I am not alone. Encourage someone next to you, look at them and say, you are not alone. Let's receive the broken body of Christ. The bread reminds us it's a table of presence. The cup reminds us it's a table to pass it on. Somebody passed it on to you. Somebody shared, somebody prayed, somebody cared, somebody invited you, someone spoke life into you, someone strengthened you. It's time to set the table. It's time for each of us to hear from the Lord. Who is that person? Who's that one I need to open my heart to, to be present for, to pass on to? It's a cup of passing on. He passes on forgiveness. He passes on grace. He passes on healing. He passes on his strength. Here's to what God has for us together at the table in 2024. Let's receive together. Lord Jesus, I pray that you would come to each one of us right now. Show us who that one is. Show us who we're to set the table for. Show us who it is that you want to put on our heart to be present for, to pass on to. Lord, we know that if each one of us just passed on to one person this year, this church would double. And in the end, it's not about numbers. It's about a new life that's changed and transformed, a new person who comes to know you, a new person who receives life. Just as you used someone to take Aurora to a movie, to strengthen her in her walk, just as you used Pastor John's testimony to 
encourage Armin and use Pastor Kent and young adults to help him grow and the NCBC classes to help him receive what you have for him. Lord, you want us to be part of not only receiving but passing on. You left the 99 for the one. And so, Lord, show us who that one is for each one of us. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to make sure you write down that name. Let it seal in your heart so that you can remember God's purposes of who it is you're to reach to this year. Now, I'm going to get all college professor on you right now. <laughs> when you take homiletics, which is preaching, here's the definition. Preaching is the spoken communication of divine truth with a view to persuasion. So in other words, when you preach, you share divine truth from the scriptures in hopes of persuading people. So here's the divine truth. God is present for us. He wants us to be present for others. Here's the divine truth. God passes on to us what we need. Our call is to pass on to the next generation, to those who have, they might be older than us, but they don't know Christ yet to pass on. And then the view to persuasion is, this is the year to do it. This is the year for you to expand your table, enlarge your heart, and welcome all those that God has. Let's just give him thanks and praise for his faithfulness. You know, I, I'm an excitable kind of guy. I get to the new year and I'm always excited, but there's something different this year. There's something more. There's something greater. And I look forward to seeing you next week as Pastor Ken starts his new series. We're going to dive into a year of passing on what God's done, hearing what God's done, and receiving it. If you need prayer after service, I encourage you to come here to the altar afterwards so that you can be prayed for. And starting today, we have 21 days of prayer and fasting here at Cathedral of Faith. Every morning at 6 o'clock, the prayer chapel opens. Right over here, this person is about reaching out from six to seven. It'll be open every morning for the next 21 days. Join with us, pray, fast, seek the Lord. Let this be a year of blessing. And also, if you have not yet been baptized, this might be your Sunday. Next week, call the office and be part of that. Let me speak God's blessing on you. Lord, thank you for this incredible family. Thank you for the life you've imparted today. Lord, we want to do exactly what Jessica's saying. Let me tell you about my Jesus. Let me pass on what Jesus has done for me. And so, Lord, I just speak blessing over us as we go out now to be that blessing, to open our hearts, to open our eyes, to open our spirits, to open our tables, because it's time to set the table. May your people be blessed with favor and strength for all that they need. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we pray. God bless you. We love you. Have a great week in the Lord. Amen.